Hi everyone, welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Joanne. And I'm Kim. So today, we are going to be discussing the Caribbean. Okay, let me not say it. Not really the Caribbean. So you guys know that Kim and I are both islanders uh, by heritage. I'm originally from Haiti and Kim is from Jamaica. So, you know, people often are drawn to us because of our heritage when it comes to uh, our practice because our background is so diverse. So we grew up in the States, we have the Caribbean background. So we're able to think oftentimes outside of the box easier than a lot of others who don't have a background. We thought it would be a great episode to talk about what it was like growing up Caribbean, um, whether it's just within the wellness uh, space, like what is, what's it like growing up Caribbean and the foods that we ate? Or what was it like growing up Caribbean in the United States? You know, the foods that we ate and the parents that we had and what they made and all that stuff. So we thought that would be a great episode because I feel like right now I'm raising suburban kids, okay? I'm <laughs> raising suburban kids that my husband and I are always laughing about because we're like, y'all dang suburban kids. Y'all don't even know what it was really like growing up. In the 90s, being an immigrant right, right, Florida, compared to what you guys think the hardships supposedly, quote unquote, that you guys are having right now, because you, you didn't get the snack that you want. I don't right. remember having snacks. snacks either. And I, I think, you know, definitely it's something that needs to be considered and spoken about because June is Caribbean Heritage Month. I know it's it's very new, but we decided, you know, why not pay homage to our roots? So with that being stated, let's talk about it. I guess the first immediate question that I have in my mind for you, Joanne, is because, you know, I know when I was growing up, my parents always reminded me I am in America, but as soon as I walk into their house, I'm in Jamaica. Like, you, <laughs> you are not... Uh, uh, an American child. We are not treating you like an American child. Did did that happen in your home as well? Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't just when you walked in the house. I mean, you are a Haitian child, mm -hmm. a Haitian person living in America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the foods, the 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 speech, everything, um, the way they disciplined us was all Haitian. All mm -hmm. of it. I I didn't even care to want to ask my mom hey can we have this that and the other because I knew it was going to be no it was not going to happen and not in her household now if I don't know if, if you guys remember those of you who've been with us for a while now both my parents are culinary trained my dad went to culinary school as a career he was a French chef my mom did it for fun um, but she still had the training and so at home, our foods, I mean, we had pretty good cooking, you know, they would cook um, Haitian dishes, but when my dad was cooking, he would bring out all the French stuff that he would make. So it was a rarity. I can't, I'm not even going to say a rarity. I don't even think it ever happened. I can't remember one American dish. Mm, I can okay. say that my parents made, like they weren't flipping burgers at the house. Right, right. None of that. And my mom, the way she believed, because the way she grew up in Haiti, 
she came here not wanting to eat anything from a can mm-hmm. to her to her because she's not used to it and she's never really cooked with it it wasn't real food so she refused to use it and in recent years I would say when I say recent years I should say I've been here over 30 years so I think she's used some things like she'll use tomato paste in a can she'll use um coconut milk in a can if it's the good kind or you'll see this lady really grating she'll be grating coconut and making her own coconut milk she's not about that life at all um you'll never see her using no canned beans Mm -mm. that is a Haitian insult okay (laughs) <laughs> but I, mean, I, I would never use canned beans to make rice and beans, right. but I use canned beans to make tacos, but tacos is not something that she would, she would have made for us. What I, about you? It was a little different. Both of my parents, my brother and I basically were like latchkey children. <laughs> so, I mean, as young as elementary school, like, honestly, I was even thinking back about the distance that I had to walk from my home to my elementary school as a kid. Back in the 90s, it was very different. My brother and I were latchkey children, but my parents always cooked every... Well, let me not say my parents, my dad. My mom, to this day, she does not cook, and she would be proud to tell you that. Every day, chicken and rice. No variation. (laughs) There was no chicken, rice and curry chicken, rice and jerk chicken, rice and brown stew chicken my dad knew how to cook chicken one way and it was chicken and rice every single day for 15 years what years did y'all complain of course we complained but as i stated we were raised in jamaica even though we were in the united states we were raised in jamaica so therefore if you didn't want to eat chicken and rice, you weren't going to get anything else to eat. That sounds about right. Come out my fridge, close the fridge door. You are not hungry because you did not want chicken and rice. (laughs) So what my parents did is wait till my brother and I got extremely hungry. Oh, y'all hungry? Here's some chicken and rice. Did they put any veggies with that? No. It was rice rice and peas, like the typical Jamaican rice and peas. Okay. They consider that to be their veggie, but there was no veggie. Once in a while, like you will see like some iceberg lettuce, but at large growing up, my parents were not big vegetable consumers. Like there would be like cabbage and callaloo and things of that nature, more like the traditional stuff, Mm -hmm. but chicken and rice was just easy. It wasn't going to go bad. They could put it in the Tupperware and put your name on it. This is for Kim. This is for Chris. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that was it. So I was not, we were not exposed to other Jamaican cuisines unless we went over my grandmother's house. That's what I was going to ask. Was there family around for y'all to go? Was the house that people would come to? (laughs) Yeah, my parents were always at work. So like on the weekends, we would like go to church with my grandma. And that's when we would like, just explore like okay this is the escovich fish and this is the jerk chicken and the brown stew and like oh this is mutton and all of these things like even jamaican ice cream and jamaican cake that just tastes totally different from the american cuisine but that's how we we explored other from that 
it was, you go to school. Um, I went to school and, you know, my parents would give me an allowance, like maybe like $2 a week. Back in the day, a bag of candy was cheap. So I would buy a bag of candy mm-hmm. and sell it. Like, okay, like hustle. Like, okay, you get 50 cents for this Kit Kat, you know, 75 cents for the Butterfinger, you know, a little more protein. So it costs a little higher. My brother and I would go to the Jamaican store and just explore and buy a patty, buy a Busta, buy like, you know, this cream soda. And that's how we explored our traditional cuisine because my parents were too busy at work all the time. You guys didn't have Jamaican restaurants around you? There was the Jamaican restaurant and that's what we would do after like he sold his candy. I sold my candy. We would go to the and to the Jamaican restaurant. And that was the first time I remember tasting tofu because there were some Rastafarians in there. And I didn't know what it was, but that thing was seasoned right. <laughs> like, wow, I've never tasted this before. It's not the same texture as fish. It doesn't taste like beef, doesn't taste like goat, it doesn't taste like chicken. And like the rest of mine was like, yeah, it's tofu, it's tofu. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what tofu is, but this is good. Um, so that's how we explored. My, my parents also were very cautious about who they allowed around their children. So yeah. none of their friends, were, and I guess it's the same in the Haitian culture. We don't eat from people. We Not don't. Not you know them well, no. Not we at all. You don't eat from people. My parents, the Jamaican culture believes their people can either put poison in the food or put poisonous spirit on the food. We weren't allowed to eat from nobody. And then if they found out that you ate from somebody. Girl, (laughs) you you get in so much trouble. Haitian culture is the same way. You're not allowed to eat from anyone unless you've been okay to do it. Like somebody they know that they trust. I mean, it could be somebody at the church. Yeah, it didn't matter. You cannot be eaten from anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's, they believe, the Haitians believe in the same thing. People can poison you. People can put spirits in the food. All of that. So you can't eat from anybody. So I remember growing up, going to school. So going to school. And my my parents, when they went to school in Haiti, you would eat a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. If you had that option mm-hmm. and you'd be gone the whole day, no food. And then you come home, hopefully expecting something to be available. That's how they, they grew up because things were hard when they grew you know, with their parents, when they grew up. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I was in the United States and we did not qualify for yeah. school, lunch, a free school lunch, yeah. I feel like there was a period of time that we were, and then we were not anymore. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I knew that my parents could not afford to give me money for lunch every day. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to be bringing rice and beans. Yeah, the kids want to make fun of it. Yeah. would be making fun of me. Because yeah. I know it, like she would try to pack, you know, Haitian lunches and that. And, you know, thinking about it now is just the dumbest thing. But when you're a kid, you know, you try to do things so that your friends can like you more and whatnot. I, I used to starve throughout the whole damn day waiting for me to get home so I could eat mm. whatever my mom had. And if I had like 50 cents or a quarter, 
or something like that. I would, I remember getting, this was in high school. I remember, I remember getting like a sleeve of cookies that were, I think they were 25 cents or they 50 cents. It probably had like 10 sleeve, 10 cookies in there. That would be my lunch. Wow. Wow. That would be lunch because in the nineties, we as Haitians were picked on yeah. severely already just because we were Haitian. You know, people were calling us banana boat, but they called us cat eaters. Like we ate cat. Mm. Ate cat. And I grew up seven day Adventists, y'all. So we already were like, um, we didn't eat crustaceans. We didn't, you know, shellfish. We didn't eat pork. Um, so the way we grew up, we grew up eating meat, but not as significantly as everybody around us mm -hmm. because of our religion. But um, so cat, of course, was out, out of the question. Yeah. But these people would pick on you. So you were already getting picked up on and bullied. And when I say people, I'm talking about our own black folks. The black folks were worse than anybody I else. If, if the white people thought of it, they never said it to my face. But the black people made my life miserable yeah miserable yeah. made life miserable so of course I wasn't was not going to do anything that was going to add more to that bullying that was occurring I wasn't going to bring food that they were going to say what's that smell or what what are you eating or you know y'all po y'all so po y'all can't you know because people these kids they would have all kinds of money you really sound like the 954 Joanne <laughs> They, they, these kids, they had money, you know, I remember we had a Papa John's. No, we didn't have a Papa John's on school, but they sold Papa John's at school. So, you know, like in the lunchroom or in the snack area, because there was the lunchroom and then there's the snack area where you can buy all the stuff and kids, you know, they had money to buy pizza every lunch, sodas and snacks and this and that and the other and I never had it. It was a rare, rare occasion. And I never complained because I didn't want to add any extra stressors right. to my parents. Right. So, you know, you'd go without. Yeah. But when I got home, the food was banging. It was good. And and I wanted to ask you, Kim, did you get, are you tired of rice and peas now? Like, would you never eat it? But as I, as I'm thinking about it, we eat rice and beans every day in, in Haitian culture too. Actually, no, I'm not tired of it. I think I there was no versatility to it. Like the meat wasn't changing because, you know, the rice, you soak up the flavor of the gravy and the meat. But I mean, rice consists a large part. It's a large part of my diet today. So honestly, I'm not tired of it. When I went off to college now, I was definitely tired of the rice. Absolutely tired of it. It was just the same flavors mm -hmm. every day. Sometimes he'll put ketchup on the meat put ketchup on the rice other times he wouldn't that's not jamaican is it to put right ketchup on food yeah okay. mm -hmm. and then yeah it's huge ketchup goes on everything goes on your eggs goes on your meat goes on your rice your gravy it's not isn't ketchup like an american condiment uh -uh. Which is popular in jamaica i actually have a jamaican ketchup here at the house really uh, yeah, it's it's a Grace brand and it's sweeter than the American ketchup. You, you can okay. taste the sweetness to it. So it lends itself very well to gravies and sauces. Um, That's, I, would, I never would have thought that. I mean, there are things in Haitian cuisine now that have become popular, like using bouillon cubes. Mm. But technically, 
actually that's not traditionally Haitian because we were we were using fresh everything. Right. Yeah, it's not traditionally Jamaican. It's definitely cut in corners. Yeah. Definitely cut in corners. And we also use Maggi now. Yeah, could be on the Jamaican cuisine. Yeah, they do too. I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very popular now in the Haitian cuisine, but it's not something I remember my mom used to use it, but I haven't used that stuff in like going on good 13, 14 years now because it just, it wasn't going well with my body. It was making me feel ill. Right. So I, I'm like, why are we using this stuff when we can make some bomb ippies, which is pretty much the same thing and flavor up your food. So right. that's what I've used. And that's what my mom uses for years now. And, you know, we're eating rice, as I would say, pretty much every day. But mm. we're either eating rice and beans or we're eating rice and bean sauce, which is Julia Fospois. Mm. We're eating rice and peas. So when we say rice and peas, it's green peas. Mm -hmm. or, or, I mean, there's, of course, the Creole names for them. But when you guys say rice and peas, it's actually like rice and black beans or red beans it, or pinto rice beans, Rice and right? peas is always kidney kidney beans kidney beans okay rice and gungo is pigeon peas oh okay yeah see we have pois congo is what we call pigeon peas what is it pois congo pois congo yeah so it kind of sounds the same because pois means peas right yeah or beans okay yeah it honestly it was Growing up, like you couldn't explain your cuisine to your friends because, like, all my friends were like, "Yeah, we're going to get Burger King tonight. We're gonna get pizza." I'm oh. just like, and then like I would let me tell you what I would do. I would ask my parents if I could go. Girl, the backhand. Go where? <laughs> Who are you going with? You want to get kidnapped? Right, because you can't be going out randomly with people. Let me tell you how we got to taste pizza. I got to taste pizza, and that's the only time I've had pork uh -huh. in my life. Is when we came from the, from Haiti to the United States, we were eating school lunch, and I didn't know pepperoni was pork, and I was tearing that thing up. It was so good. <laughs> and then at church, they were like, "Pepperoni, pepperoni is kosher. Pepperoni is pork," and we were like, "What? Mm. What you mean?" So for a period of time, it was probably like a month because we were, we were fresh. Mm -hmm. from we were eating uh, pizza. So that's one way that I got to eat pizza. And then the other way I got to eat pizza was I was a reader. I've always been a reader. In the last, in this stage of my life, I'm an audibles girl because I ain't got time to grab a good book and flip pages with these kids. But I've always been a reader. Um and I used to like Excel, read, read, I was a speed reader, read so many books, and I would get the book club mm. Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. That's how I used to get the little personal pans. Yeah. And that's when, you know, my parents were very proud that I was reading and da 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 da. So they would bring me to get, collect my little personal pizza pan. But other than that, they weren't buying pizza, they weren't buying fast food. My mom doesn't even go to the Haitian restaurant to buy food. Wow. Okay. She's no, she is a cook it at home herself kind of person has always been even to this day. Like she came the other day I, um, in April, she spent about a month with us mm 
And we know now's the time that we're trying to like spoil her. We're taking her on trips and do all these things. So when she's here, we're like, you know, let's go and eat at a restaurant, like a really nice restaurant. She was like, why? I don't eat anything. Enjoy it. Oh my God. And especially now she's really um, regimented with her, her, the way she eats. Mm. Um, you know, we're going out of the country soon. I'm going to see how this happened <laughs> when we're here in your neck of the woods in Jamaica. I'm going to see how this happens, what she's going to do. Cause she's going to have to eat the foods there. Cause you can't bring your own food. This lady will travel with her own food. Okay. If she's going somewhere that she doesn't have access to a kitchen. Interesting. But, you know, she's not the person that eats out of the, uh, out of her home. Not at all. Yeah. And do you think that's because of like fear that someone may be trying to do something to her food or is she just accustomed to her cooking her way of doing things? No, my mom is not superstitious at all. She believes that stuff does exist, but she believes in her, you know, the the her her protection from God even more. Mm-hmm. So she don't believe anybody can touch her at all. But so her thing is she don't trust everybody cooking. Did you clean the meat right? Did you cook it right? And then she's very, you know, she has high blood pressure. She's had it for as long as I can remember since I was young. And so she the amount of sodium that she cooks with is very minimal compared to others. Um, she's pre-diabetic, so she's managed for years, like she's making sure her A1C, the lady be taking her blood sugars like she got diabetes, okay? And she'd be like, you know, I'm a diabetic. I said, you're not a diabetic. Stop saying that. <laughs> your A1C, her A1C be like 5.7, 5.8. I said, for your age, you ain't even pre-diabetic. That's pretty good. And she'd be like, well, my doctor said, so she takes her blood sugars regularly, blood pressure, so she... So she doesn't risk eating things that will jeopardize her health at all. She's a vegan, you know, she'll cook meat for us um, when we're coming and she may taste to see if it's cool, if it's, you know, taste the way she wants, but she's not not sitting here eating meat, fish. Right, right. At all. So she's very regimented in her, her, her meals for her health. And so she, so that's her, um, not trusting other people's cooking. Yeah. Mm-mm. I would say like with my parents, my dad is not going to eat out. He, mm-mm. but my mom, my mom will dabble uh, because her grandchildren who are now 18 and 14 have introduced her to so many things. And, you know, she wants to be the cool grandma, you know? <laughs> so she'll dabble like the other day. Yeah, there you go. The other day, hear this. My mom was like, my mom's a big coffee drinker. She was like, oh, could you stop at some place and, you know, get some coffee? So she got her coffee and then she went next door and I'm listening to my mom order like a chicken sandwich. And she was like, oh, can I get the honey mustard dipping sauce? And I'm just like, what you know about honey mustard dipping sauce? I know it. Her grandchildren. Okay. So I was just very surprised. And like, I went back in the car and I'm just like mommy what's going on here (laughs) like what is this you have totally changed so it for her Mm -hmm. now it's it's different but my dad is still very much untrustworthy of like you know people are going to poison him I took him to church one day my dad is not he's not a churchgoer but I took him to church he came and they have potluck at the church 
He vomited. He vomited. He vomited. He, he said somebody tried to kill him then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they had potluck at church growing up as well. And we never ate. Um, really? I, I, after when I started to get older and I would say like, you know, I'm staying and I'll eat. Uh-huh. Um, but no, we would march our little minds home, eat, and then turn around and get back to church. We never would stay to eat wow. uh, at church at all. I mean, some of that is even instilled in me where I tell my kids they can't eat from anyone, especially, you know, we got all kinds of germs coming into this house True. because kids are already licking everything. I'm like, I don't want y'all sharing straws with people. I don't want y'all sharing spoons with people. Like, don't eat people's foods and all that. So I've instilled that in them. And and because of my Haitian background, I'd be like, listen, we all know what people are trying to do to you. Let's not Girl. eat from anybody. So I got a little bit of that in beast. I don't blame you. I, I do. I don't blame you. That's the best way to deal with it. Because I mean, you you really never know. And I'm, I'm here thinking to myself, if you know, other people that are listening, maybe from other Caribbean islands, like if it was the same thing for them, like people from Trinidad, or Bahamas, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, if they had the same upbringing, because when I speak to my American friends, I find it's a different story. I find that they don't have this, especially like my Caucasian friends, there is there's none of this superstition. There's like, yeah, you know, we were sleeping over at, at our friend's house when we we're in elementary school and their mom fed us this and like all of these things. And I'm just like, oh, wow. No, I was not allowed to sleep over and no one was allowed to come over either. It's, it's to the point, their superstition is to the point where even when you go to school, they're like, don't borrow any pencils from anybody. Don't read anybody's books. Don't borrow paper. Don't borrow any of that what? stuff from people because the superstitious beliefs could be like people will fill your smarts or they'll, they could be jealous of you and they'll dumb you down. Yeah, that's a that's a big in the Haitian culture. Absolutely. You walk in, you find a quarter on the floor, you better keep on strolling. You find a dollar on the floor, keep strolling. Seriously. That's the word. That's what they would say. Oh, what is that? translated into it's like a um it's a trick or a ruse not a ruse but it's like a a a planned attack or something like that it's a setup it's a setup setup. yeah yeah that's a way of saying it wow Mm -hmm. wow i i haven't experienced that in the jamaican culture but at, at the same time our parents always checked our book bag and our supplies every single day to make sure like, okay, I'm giving you 10 exercise books. This is for English, your science, your math. And here's one pen for each class. So like my parents were always checking the ink inside the pen, how many books, how many uh, leaves of paper we had left. Oh, your teacher said you need markers and crayons. So they were always of the mindset of don't beg no one for nothing. If you don't have anything, you better memorize it. You better memorize it and don't borrow nothing. If someone wants to borrow something from you, give it to them. Don't take it back. So I guess to a degree. That's the same thing. Give it to them. Don't take it back. Don't, don't take it, anything back. Don't beg. Don't borrow. Don't beg for anything. Don't, don't let us see you asking anybody for food. You right. better not be asking anybody for food. Okay. 
we better not see that happening because that right there, okay? <laughs> Let me, as a mom, you have five sons. Would you say that you're like mm -hmm. your parents? I I don't want to see them asking anybody for food. No. What about I got all the, snacks. the school uh -huh. supplies? Nope. Nope. I'll see them. And I know all the school supplies because I buy everything. And somebody will come home and I'm like, where'd you get that from? Because I know I didn't buy it. Where'd you get it from? Mm -hmm. Oh, my friend, da, 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 da. Didn't I tell y'all not to borrow pencils? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Didn't I tell you? So a little bit, it's, it's instilled in me where I'm passing it over. I'm not all, I'm not putting fear in them. Like fear was putting in me totally. Like I'm not like somebody's going to put something on you or something like that. I'll make, I'll just make the blatant statement of don't borrow stuff from other people. If you need something just ask daddy and I, and we will purchase it, but there's nothing that they need extra. Cause we buy everything. Gotcha. In both. Okay. That's interesting. It's always interesting to see like, you know, the evolution of, of different cultures as it's passed down from parent to child and so forth and so on for sure. I think one thing for me, if I ever have kids, I'm not letting anyone sleep over. Their friends will have to come here because you don't yeah. know anyone's true intentions with your child. I know people may say the same thing, mm -hmm. but y'all want to hang out? No, y'all not hanging out at the movies. Y'all hang out with right your privacy because you guys are children and you guys need that oversight for sure. Um, so I know that's one thing that... Right. I would definitely do. There were times when we got older that my parents did allow friends to come over. But by that time, my parents had met their parents. Their parents were also Caribbean. Like to this day, I have a Haitian friend named Mejin. And my mom still asks for her. Like, oh, when is Mejin coming to visit me? Um, I'm like, mommy, this was like well over 15 years ago, you know. <laughs> She's like, oh, but Mejin is my friend. She's my friend too. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's my house. My house, my mom's house was the house that people she would allow people to come. I couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can come hang. So I'm, I'm of the same myself. I, I know I have boys, and people may think just because I have boys, they're safer. But this is 2023, so no, my kids are not going anywhere. They're not sleeping over anywhere. Um, I, you know, I keep telling them I, I've made the, you got built best friends. You got built in best friends. Choose one of the four <laughs> of your siblings. Okay? Yeah. Be best one of them. But I mean, you your friends, they can come hang out. I'll cook for everyone. This is going to be the hangout spot. But that's, yeah, I'm of the same mindset as my mom. Would you say that you were treated differently from your brothers? Absolutely. Mm. Like like not in the sense of like domestic but like they had a little more freedom they could go out and hang out and so well my my I, my brothers took their freedom okay. I was fearful of taking freedom after a point like middle school my mom was the you go and you guys see I keep saying my mom because she was the disciplinarian mm -hmm. my dad was not the disciplinarian so my mom would be like, you come from school, you come home. You do not go anywhere else. At around middle school, my brothers, they were taking the risk of going other places. So they would not, so they would not um, always come home. Um, 
they would be out and about. The difference for us that my mom put out, it wasn't necessarily um, domestic stuff because she had us, we had a rotation of who was washing dishes, cleaning the bathrooms, whatever it was. There was no male versus female in anything when it came to that. The difference to me was, again, back to the reading, because I'm a reader, there is there are these um this program that I was in. It was called Badge in middle school. And that program, it basically introduced us to different things that we may not have been able to do on our own because of finances. So during the year, we'd be doing, we'd meet every Wednesdays or once a week. Um, we may have a couple of field trips throughout the year. In the summers, we'd have, it was like a camp every day. We would be there. And then on Fridays, we would be seeing all of the sites, the tour sites in Florida. Oh, nice. Like Disney, Bush Gardens. Like we travel everywhere. And then they give us a stipend of $25. In the 90s, $25, you can do a lot of $25 yeah. to pay yeah. for a day. So I remember one of the year annual trips, it was like whoever read the most books, they would get to go whitewater rafting. But there was only a limited amount of people that could go. I was the first person to finish reading all the books, wrote my reports on all the books. Mm -hmm. My mom said, hell to the nah, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going. When it came to my brother, he was a couple of years behind me. He too became a part of Badge and he was allowed to go. Mm. Allowed to go overnight to North Carolina or South Carolina, one of the Carolinas. Was your brother the youngest? He wasn't the youngest. He was, he's in the middle. Okay. Okay. He's in the middle. So he's not the youngest, but he was allowed to go. Gotcha. That was definitely a boy versus girl kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say the same for me. My brother was definitely given a lot more freedom than myself. Um, I guess also I'm the youngest and it's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And he's five years older than me. So he was definitely given a lot more freedom. So it's like, I feel like my parents were much stricter on me than my brother. Because mm -hmm. uh, my brother got into a lot of trouble. So with me, they mm -hmm. were like, oh, you not. Nope. Like every turn. Nope, no, 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 no. So I was just like, okay. And I turned to TV. TV was my outlet, you know? Um I wasn't, I wasn't a reader, but I'm like, let me, let me watch this show. Let me see what's going on. Okay. Deco drive. Let me watch Deco drive. Do you remember Deco drive? No. The news. Let me tell you why I don't remember. Cause we didn't have cable. <laughs> we didn't have cable either. We didn't have cable. We didn't have cable either. So it was, we didn't have cable. that's how I just experienced the world until I would say I got into high school and in high school, I went to a magnet high school. So it was about 40 minutes from my home on the highway. So my parents weren't going to come all the way out to um, Fort Lauderdale. So that's when like, you know, my friends had the cars and I was like, okay, drop me home. And, you know, got to experience life a little more. And I, this sounds so sexist. I know it does. But traditionally, Caribbean cultures are like that traditionally. Yeah, very sexist. Yeah.
Absolutely. Even to this day, I, I see it in, in them instill a lot. I say this all the time because when my husband and I were dating and like our parents knew each other, my husband and I are six days apart. Mm-hmm. Our parents knew each other in Haiti and they were pregnant with us at the same time. They frequented the same church. Um, so they knew each other uh, since before we were born. And no, we were not in arranged marriage. <laughs> no, we're not in arranged marriage. So my mom knew of my husband and all that. So when we were dating, you know, he was very much Tipa. That's what they call him, Tipa. He was very much the kid in her eyes. Listen, we got married in our mid-20s. Once we got married, I started to see a change in how my mom reverenced my husband. Mm. Like she started to not go against anything he said he could say the sky, the sky was purple. He said the sky was purple. It's purple. That's what he said. He said it's purple. I'm like, girl, but you see it's blue. You see the sky is blue, but he said it's purple. So it's purple. that's hilarious. I mean, this is this is how it's been. Like it's more they 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 reverence the male, the head of the household. So what was this reverence before you guys had kids as well? I think the older my husband has gotten, the more the reverence, the deeper it has gotten. Wow. Okay. So even before, like, <clears throat> once we got married, um, you know, it's, I feel like, I'm telling you, the switch is like the damn day. Mm-hmm. The day, so we got married the day before, the day next day, the switch took over. Where my mom felt like it was no longer her right to tell me how to dress. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we grew up very conservative. And, you know, you don't show your belly button. You don't show your stomach. You don't wear um, crop tops and whatnot. Your shoulders. Your shoulders. I mean, at one point, we can even show, like, past a certain point, like your elbows and stuff like that. Um, You know, wearing uh, tight clothes. and But, I mean, as I got older, that some of that stuff, a lot of it got uh, let go. But showing your stomach, definitely, she still wasn't about that life. But I remember like the next day of our wedding and I don't know, I wasn't even wearing anything crazy. I think I was wearing something tight and she ain't saying nothing. She was like, well, if your husband likes it, what can I say? Really? Basically it's up to him to discipline me or not discipline, but like to um, say something to me if what I'm doing is wrong. I'm like, okay. So I'm free. That's what I thought. I'm just curious, like when she interacts with her grandsons, does she correct them? No, absolutely. They're kids. Okay, but not their kids. She just she's so hands older. She's hands off with you. She's what? Hands off. No, so now I mean she'll tell me stuff. Um she doesn't really say anything negative, like, okay, so we didn't grow up wearing jewelry. So she was cool with me wearing my wedding ring. Um, but when I started dabbling more as I've gotten older, like even like in my 20s, because I got married in my mid-20s. So in my 20s, when I started wearing jewelry and stuff, and she'll come to the house and she'll look at my jewelry box and she'll be like, um, mm. or like she she's like, You're 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 introducing, you're exposing, you're you're allowing the devil or something like this. I'm crazy like that. But I mean, my kids, they're kids. So she'll definitely um, discipline them. And when I say discipline, 
it's nothing like the way she used to discipline us. Okay, this grandma here is not the mama I had. Not at all. She's very soft, meek, you know, lovable. Nothing they can do is wrong in their in her eyes. And they're very sweet. They don't disrespect because I'm sure if, if that was something that they would, if they were like that, she would probably would not take it. But other than that, I mean, there's nothing that they can say that is wrong. But I feel like as they get older, she may start to do the same because my brothers, like she'll tell them when they're doing stuff wrong, but she don't go toe to toe with them like she used to anymore. Okay. Because they're older. For my mom, she doesn't want to tell me like, I don't want you to be wearing all this makeup. I don't want you. I don't even contour and all that stuff because I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> But if I were to be wearing, like I'm wearing concealer, I'm wearing, you know, um, foundation, I'm putting on uh, blush, I'm putting on a mascara, you know, like stuff on my, I'm doing all the other stuff that I know how to do. And I'd be thinking I'm cute. I'm really cute. Uh -huh. Let me come out here barefaced or maybe just have on, um, I don't know, just like a little powder on or something. She's like, Oh my goodness, you're so gorgeous. This is here. This is the look. <laughs> this is her way of telling me like she prefers this over the other. This is it. This is oh my goodness. Do you have anything on your face right now? You you're beautiful. Just beautiful. Oh if I can mom bare face it on FaceTime with her, she's like, You you did just did something to your face? Because it is gorgeous. <laughs> I got nothing on. I got nothing on. Oh. So that's her way of telling me girl don't be wearing all this makeup right. I don't like it right. my parents are totally opposite my dad was over here the other day and I was I was doing some type of segment some type of tv segment so like I had to like cake it on heavy so I answered the door and I'm like okay you can come in but you got to be quiet my dad goes home and tells my mom he calls her any any you can't believe how I just saw Kim and she looked she looks so good she looks so good any you have to tell her she has to be like that all the time. Because I'm the type of person, I do buy natural makeup, but mm -hmm. for me, it itches my face. I'm, I have a very sensitive skin. I could get the most expensive, made from plants makeup. My skin just starts itching and then like I break out. So I don't like to wear makeup often, only, you know, certain occasions. So my dad is like bigging it up. My mom calls me, oh, your father just said he came from there and he saw you this way, send me a picture. And then like, if I send her a picture, she posts it on her WhatsApp and she sends it to all her friends. This is my daughter and look how she look good. <laughs> and you said, I make up and Ray, Ray, Ray. Right now I'm just trying to have her perm her hair and put on the extensions because I don't like the natural hair. She need, she need a log 16 inches. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> So my, oh my God. is all about the that. Opposite. All about that life. My parents, they're all about that life. They think I am the plainest person. Too plain. But I'm, look, my mom would love you. My mom says all the time, oh, I saw Joanne on Instagram. <laughs> and she looked good with the red lips. You need a lipstick back. <laughs> Just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, girl, my mom would love you because... She is not about the wearing of the makeup all the time. And I and I don't now. I don't have anywhere to go. I work from home. Um, and you know, I don't need to wear, but just like you, if I'm doing something, a video for a brand or something like that, something where I have to dress up. 
Yeah. I I put it on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the life. This is the Caribbean world. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people, even Africans, I think, can mm-hmm. relate to a lot of what we've said in the foods that we eat and and how how we grew up with the foods that we were allowed to eat and the foods that we were not allowed to eat or the foods that they felt were taboo or foods that they felt were not up to par. Right, right. Yeah. So guys, we we want to hear from you. Let us leave a comment and let us know if anything that we stated resonates with you about your culture, whether it's Caribbean or not. How were your parents growing up? Is there anything that we said, any stories that we told that reverberate with you? So with that being said, as usual, remember to share this episode, give us five stars, leave a comment, and be back next time for Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys.